0: welcome back to the show everybody i am gina and i'm evo and it is my birthday
1: (laughs) welcome to shit talk fridays (laughs) uh
0: it's actually not my official birthday on this friday it was my birthday the day before yesterday however i'm gonna celebrate my birthday for the next couple days because on my official birthday i had to work all fucking day and when i say all day like i left the house at five something in the morning didn't come back in the house until almost 10 p.m so I worked all day. I literally just walked in the door and crawled and showered and crawled in bed. Even though my husband had a really um, beautiful surprise for me when I came home. And it was really sweet. He had roses and he had candles. My kids brought me plants. All of the things that I love. So it was really sweet. Yeah. But... I didn't get to, like, have an official, like, full birthday day. No, there
1: was some other stuff that we had planned, too, that just because how late you came home, I just wasn't able to do it. Yeah. So, um. yeah, we're going to celebrate it all month long. That's how we do it over here no, in the household trinogistic. I
0: didn't say all month long. I just said, like, at least, <laughs> at least the next couple of days. Like, don't exaggerate. <laughs> and for anybody that wants to know, I'm a Capricorn. And I identify hardcore as a Capricorn. So, and I also identify as a millennial woman. And that's what we're talking about today. I am considered an older millennial because I just make millennial and... I understand that because I'm really close to Gen X, and I have definitely a connection to the Gen Xers. I have a brother that's Gen X. You're Gen X. Um, I have some friends that their brothers and sisters are Gen Xers. So, like, you know, it's it's something I'm definitely familiar with. I grew up with people that were Gen X. They were like close to me in age, but somewhat older, and mm. and and some of them were like seven years older than me. You know, so. But if I really had to think about it, I definitely strongly identify as a millennial woman. And that is because of the things that come with being a millennial woman. And I really feel like I encompass those things. So even and I, um, I don't know if anybody has played around with chat GPT. We've been fucking around with that shit hard lately. Yeah. So I was like, I wonder what chat GPT thinks a millennial woman is, right? So we asked it to tell us what it thought it was, a millennial woman was, but like in a more humorous way, not necessarily like it's hardcore characteristics. And what popped up, I'm going to read to you because...
1: It's pretty fucking accurate. It's so
0: fucking accurate. (laughs) This this shit is surprisingly accurate. Yeah, uh, which is fun and scary at the same time. So it says... Ah, the joys of being a millennial woman, a demographic so misunderstood and malign, yet so full of memes and avocado toast. Hell yeah. Being a millennial woman means constantly being told that we are too sensitive, too entitled, and too obsessed with our phones. Yet we somehow manage to hold on our jobs, pay our bills, and make the world a better place, all while flawlessly executing the perfect wing liner. I know I can do that. But at the end of the day, being a millennial woman is all about being unapologetically ourselves and living our best lives. Even if that means posting a picture of our breakfast on Instagram or buying a houseplant that we know we are eventually going to kill.
1: We got whole albums of your breakfast.
0: Yes. I love (laughs) posting my breakfast, especially um, because you make me breakfast a lot. And I'd be mad hype to eat my breakfast. I am a plant hoarding hoe.
1: You are now for sure. Yeah. Okay. After you learn how to stop killing them,
0: okay. Listen, listen. Don't so, attack me. <laughs> I'm not
1: attacking you. This is, that's a testament to anybody who's actually tried to um, own plants. You, I, I believe, you have to go through that killing phase, right? I'm not. Yeah. I don't know this. I've never tried it, but I've seen you go through it, and you're beyond that now. And we have. I
0: wasn't a- killing them; they were just dying.
1: Yeah, I think, but th- I think you had a, you played a hand in that. It, there's right? There's a difference between
0: killing something and it just dying on its own. It, my plants were dying of natural causes.
1: So if you feed somebody cyanide, you're gonna accidentally kill them, right? So you weren't. I
0: wasn't giving the plants cyanide. No, but
1: you weren't giving them the proper stuff. Whatever it was you were giving them was like cyanide to them I and killed them. I was
0: giving them the proper stuff. Yeah? I just maybe wasn't doing it in the right increment, so they just died.
1: All right. Well, I'm just looking at it from a spectator not a plant point murderer. of view. I look like you killed him.
0: <laughs> I I wholeheartedly identify with this like fun definition that we got from Chat GPT because a bitch loves avocado toast. I do consider myself more sensitive, but at the same time, I take care of my shit. I pay my bills. I do my thing. I'm socially aware. And when I think about how I am as a woman in comparison to the other women from other generations, there are definitely like some significant differences. If I had to think about it, one of the biggest things that I think immediately jumps out at me is my willingness to not allow myself to be in a bad situation longer than I have to. Like, I will exit out of something that is not good for my mental health, that is not good for my life, and that is not bringing me joy and happiness. And a lot of other women from other older generations, unfortunately, sometimes out of their control had to remain in situations that were really not positive for them, such as marriages, such as jobs, Mm. um, such as households. They were really stuck because their resources were limited. We then had women really push through, and I wanna say in the late 80s, early 90s, and really create a strong foundation for the younger millennial, and now Gen Z, where women can go out there and really support themselves get a really great education and really create a world for themselves separate of a man whereas you know decades ago women kind of had to have like that reliant factor of a man because of how we had to function in society when it came to our finances when it came to our house when it came to our job so now that we don't really have that we're really immersed in developing who we are as women and I know so many women that are like this that even in their, you know, mid 30s, early 40s are still discovering things about themselves where as past generations, you know, it was like you got married, you had some kids, maybe you got a job, maybe you went to college, you know, maybe you went to college and you got a good job and you stayed in that shit until the day you fucking retired. I remember being told wholeheartedly and repeatedly, you know, get a union job, get a job that you could retire in 20. And I was like, I don't want to do that. I was like I want to paint. <laughs> I want to put on makeup. I want to create things. You know.
1: Yeah, you definitely. Um, I could not. I could not see you being in a job like that. Me know. Me knowing you for who you are. Yeah. You know, you're very artistic, a free, expressive person, and I don't see you being able to like just go in and do the same thing day in and day out without fucking going nuts after so many years. I mean, you did I, essentially. You did. You did that, and you went nuts.
0: Yeah, because that wasn't meant for me, and that's what I'm saying. We are not willing to subject ourselves to a situation, whether it be whether it be a relationship, whether it be a job that is really hurting our soul. I think that's the best way I can describe it. Mm. I don't think that women in today's age, millennials, and even more so Gen Z women, they really want the best fit for themselves. And I think past generations, they were willing to stick it out in situations that really weren't favorable for them. So, But there are some downsides to our generation in the sense of because we're on this endless journey of finding the right fit, Sometimes that can lead to having, to being almost like disillusioned as to the way you need to go about doing things because you're looking for this level of perfectionism. Your Mm. list can be sometimes too long. You know, biting
1: off more than you can chew.
0: No, what I mean is like, say for example, if you're looking for a relationship and you have a lot of criteria that you're Mm -hmm. looking for a person to meet. Yeah. Um, because you are saying to yourself as a woman. I want the best right. for me and myself. So and then, sometimes the list can be long. Or same thing with a job. I know so many women that you know a lot of millennials and a lot of Gen Zs are job hopping. You know, they would a job for a cu- year, maybe a couple months. They're like, "This ain't working out for me," and go and find something better.
1: Would that, would that be considered talking your way out of a relationship? What do you mean by that? So I saw something the other day, and it just you kind of just reminded me of it. Where it was two women talking, and they were one woman was saying how. You know, when you find a good man, you just need to appreciate a good man for what he for what it is for what he is. Mm-hmm. Uh, because us women, she was speaking about herself um, and many women that she knew. She said, "Us women can talk our way out of a relationship." And what she meant by that is that we could take something that's good and talk ourselves out of it by nitpicking at it and um. br- always bringing stuff up as if there needs to be more. There needs to, it's not enough. You know what I mean? And the girl that she was in, she was speaking with kind of confirmed it right there on the spot because she she acknowledged to the girl, the one that was saying that they can talk their way out of a relationship, she acknowledged she said, yeah, you know, even though they might be doing X, Y, Z and be a good man, sometimes that's still not enough. <laughs> and I, you know, I couldn't believe like that it kind, of, kind of sounds like what you're saying.
0: Yeah, uh, I think it's definitely possible for us to hyper-focus yeah. on the small things that are maybe not working out.
1: Sometimes less is more type shit, right? what do you mean by that well so like you know when you're saying you're hyper focused you have a big list of things um and sometimes you know the list is too long right Mm -hmm. and so you know you think of like this you have this big list and it's you know if you can achieve all these things then you have this great thing in front of you Uh, but sometimes you know you it it almost becomes unattainable because the list is so great so sometimes just having less can get you so much more oh
0: okay i see what you're saying i think what i was trying to say and i I agree with you. Um, I'm saying that we can hyper-focus on the list versus the overall person and Mm. the overall qualities. I definitely, there's been many times in our relationship where I find myself maybe disliking a particular behavior of yours or a particular, you know, like little habit that you have. And I can almost hyper-focus on that and then it allows for my overall happiness to be diminished because I'm so angry about the socks that are on the floor. Mm. And, no, I th- talking about? <laughs> and I think what I have to do a lot of the times and I th- and I would hope that other women do this is that we have to zoom out. We have to take our, you know, focus our zoom in off and zoom out and say, OK, what is the bigger picture here is my husband or my spouse or my partner? Are they overall a good fit for me as a partner and think about a lot of their good qualities and then it'll help you like not really hyper focus on those small things
1: kind of like take a step back and get a bird's eye view
0: yes And, and i have to do that a lot but i also think that that comes from with being with someone as long as I, as long as we have been together. Mm-hmm. Because in the beginning, sometimes it's very blissful and you let a lot of those things just fall to the wayside. But when you've been with somebody almost 20 years, you know, those little things can get on your nerves. So yeah. um, you have to find, you have to zoom out and look at the bigger picture. But what I was saying is, is part of sometimes there's a downside to our generation because of the hyper focus. It develops other things in this. So um, I read about a, like a small study, kind of survey that was done from a uh, website called Y Pulse, which is really interesting. It's a website that looks into millennial or Gen Y and Gen Z like topics things that are happening for those generations so they really only cover those two generations which I, which I thought was really interesting and if you want any insight into those generations this website provides it so you can go in there and kind of search what you're looking for so I thought that mm, was really that dope that sounds
1: like it would be really useful
0: yeah i think it would be useful for maybe like parents and maybe like better understand i'm
1: talking about for me oh Shit. really yeah cuz okay. i mean we just we had a conversation before the show on how i never really um took to this whole you know, X, Y, Z, millennial, Gen X, you know, thing. And I mm-hmm. guess that really like puts the stamp of Gen X on me that I didn't mm-hmm. I didn't adapt to like this new thing that came out. It really kind of, I've dated myself by doing it. Ooh. But um, the website that you described, it sounds really interesting. It sounds like a place where I can go and just have it all visually in front of me. See? Yeah. And then where I could see it rather than like trying to listen to people talk about it and then visualize it internally and then learn about it that yeah. way. I think that's what kind of just confused me. Like when people are talking about... Um, the generations and where they fall mm-hmm. um on the timeline it just i never really wrapped my head around it i just never really had an interest to
0: i think what i was trying to tell you earlier is that not to focus necessarily on like the timeline f- but more focus on like who we are as people in our generation
1: is it bad to say that i just didn't care no i yeah, don't I, I, honestly i, I just, don't, think I, it's, I don't I, I don't really think it's yeah. bad
0: if you don't have an interest in something. Yeah, I never
1: really, I didn't, I don't know. I just never really care to like separate and categorize people by like, oh, you're part of this generation and you're part of that generation. Mm.
0: I, I, I understand what you're saying. Yeah. So from this website, um, I pulled something out that I wanted to read to the audience that I thought was really interesting, and of course, I can also identify with this. So Gen Z and Millennial females are from the most anxious generations to date. They are more anxious than the millennial and gen z males
1: um yeah i could see that
0: okay so Mary lee bliss a youth and pop culture expert at y pulse so i think that these are two generations of women who are potentially questioning what is the right thing for them back to what i was saying earlier we are looking for the best fit for our lives we want to know what is going to fucking jive with us the best what is going to be the most beneficial for our mental health what is going to be the most beneficial for our life what is going to be (laughs) excuse me the most beneficial for maybe our families you know because i have a family this to me can be like the dark side of being someone that is looking for the best fit you develop stressors you develop anxieties trying to find that perfect thing Mm -hmm. trying to walk yourself down that journey and trying to fit into a world that you want to create for yourself whereas maybe older generations kind of just followed a map that was given to them like get a job, retire you know, get a un you know, join the union, do work somewhere where you could, you know, 20 years. It was kind of like almost robotic. So they almost didn't have to think about what they had to do. It was like, okay, I go to school, go to college, get married, have kids uh, buy a home, raise my family, and that's it. Cookie cutter. Yeah, where millennial and Gen Z, we're not looking at it. We're like, there's all these possibilities. And I kind of want to like tap into it all. But at the same time, I wanna do things that are soul enriching for myself. But then there's stress that comes with that. I, I almost kind of sometimes joke about it. I just read something today on Pinterest about a checklist that you can do in the morning when you're waking up. And I, I no lie, Evo, this checklist was like 10 things long. It was like, get up in the morning, don't touch your phone for 15 minutes, journal five things, then get up and brush your teeth. Oh wait, before you brush your teeth, it was uh, drink certain amount of ounces of water, then brush teeth, um, oil pull, do 10 minutes of... Y- I was just like... I've been,
1: always interested, I've been very interested in this oil pulling thing. I. It sounds like, like a lot of work, yeah, but... Yeah,
0: I felt stress reading the list mm-hmm. because... Fine, these are the things that potentially could bring me that soul enriching feeling, right? That, ah, like I'm giving myself things that are good for my mental health, things mm. that are gonna bring me in, you know, true happiness and true joy. But just reading that list, I was like, I feel fucking anxious right now reading it. So I think that is like the weird balance that millennial women are dealing with, especially when you are a parent and you're trying to still find that like your yin and your yang. Like, mm. how can I function healthy? For mind, body and soul, but then still be a good mother, but then still keep my house clean, yeah. and still have a job that, you know, like we talked about this before, it has a good work life balance. But the thing that we do differently is that we're a little bit more outspoken about our stressors. We're a little bit more outspoken about our anxieties.
1: Yeah, you guys talk to each other a lot.
0: But we also are verbal about it on like social platforms, too. You know, mm-hmm. we're sh- we will share things that are our trials and tribulations in life. Whereas past generations, it was just kind of like, yo, buck up. That's life. You know, older generations were like to say things like we're entitled, we're soft, we're weak, you know, we complain. But it's because we are expressing our feelings and our dissatisfaction as to how things are going. Yeah. In our well, life.
1: we we were you know we were conditioned not to express our feelings.
0: Um. Yes, I would agree for the most part. Yeah. And that's part of the Gen X that I identify with. Mm-hmm. But as I've gotten older, I'm like, fuck that noise. I actually made a commitment to myself that when someone asks me how I'm doing, I tell them the truth now.
1: Hmm. Nah. Not me. i saved that shit for like you know for actually only one person which is you i don't really tell like i used to kind of be like that but i just feel like it's pointless because i used to say a lot when people would say you know how you doing and i would say fine Mm -hmm. i can't complain because if i did no one would care. Mm-hmm. You complain about stuff or, I mean, this is just my personal opinion, but, you know, if I used to complain about something, I you know, I noticed some people would hear you out and they would say something, but they would go about their day. They wouldn't do anything about it. You know, nothing would change about it. The, the, the problem would still exist. Yeah, I got to vent a little bit, but then I just felt like people knew my personal problems and maybe gave them now the ability to go gossip about me. You know, mm-hmm. guess what I heard? Duh, 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 mm-hmm. You know, so I kind of learned to keep those things to myself and just deal with them, you know, and, and just have a a. a a handful of people maybe even just one person to talk to those things about and to me that person is you
0: yeah no i think it's very important to have a a, a good circle of friends and family mm-hmm. or confidants people that you can share your trials and tribulations with um but i just want to make a point to say that there's a difference between between saying how i feel and oversharing. sharing mm. i'm i I, heard that. I had someone ask me a uh, day before yesterday or yesterday was it rather um how I'm doing and I was really honest I kept it short and I kept it brief brief but I went into a little bit in depth of like some of the things that have happened to me in the past month or so that kind of like put me in a funk and I had no problem sharing that and then in turn the person turned around and was like you know it's really nice to hear someone say like truly how they're feeling and then I, sh- I told her I said yeah I made a commitment to myself that when people ask me how I'm doing I'm gonna tell them really how I'm doing and she was like oh my god I really love that um and it was nice because it was reciprocated in a way where she she received what I was saying as genuine and like she felt comfortable in that space and that was nice and I think it was because I shared mm-hmm. but I didn't overshare I didn't make it awkward mm-hmm. um I think sometimes people want that I think they you know the the small talk hey how you doing oh I'm good you know they maybe maybe they're looking for a little bit more so yeah so now I shared with you um you know what it is to kind of like be a millennial woman and some of the things that we're faced with and the journey that we're on when it comes to being a millennial woman um I would love to hear from you you know some of the things that you have for us about a millennial woman even though Eva is not a woman, but he lives yeah, one every day. Definitely
1: not a woman last time I checked. Uh, <laughs> and uh, but, I had to look it up, you know, because, again, like I stated a few moments ago, I really wasn't into it. And I'm st- I still am not into the whole knowing the different generations and what letter those generations stand for. But I took the time to to take a dive. And what I found mm-hmm. was an almost exact representation of who you are.
0: Yeah, I, cause I'm. I told you I'd be about that. I'd be about that shit.
1: Yeah. So what I what I found was that a millennial woman is like a unicorn, but instead of a unicorn, instead of a horn on their head, they have a phone attached to their hand.
0: <laughs> um, in my case, it's my AirPods in twenty four seven, and when I can't find my AirPods, I literally feel like a part of my body is missing.
1: <laughs> and more so now that you know. We do this content, and we have the show that you know you're you're working on stuff, and you're posting things, and you're kind of like you know responding. So you 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 do have your phone yeah. in your hand a lot.
0: Definitely a cyborg.
1: Um, and I would I would say that you know it described as the phone being permanently attached to the to the woman's hand, mm-hmm. and you see that a lot on, on you know on social media again. You know you just it's all about the phone and all about the pictures, and um, and you actually it describes you as a unofficial photographer, which like if anybody knows you, they know that you're constantly taking photos. I mean, either either you're, you work on set, which I think, you know, attests to that. Mm-hmm. So you're constantly around photographers. And for a while, you know, you were constantly posting pictures of, like, what you were wearing, your makeup looks, your mm-hmm. hair. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I'm like, man, is this, like, am I really reading this? Or is this, like, I'm just blown away by, like, how accurate this was. Mm-hmm. Um, she can take the perfect selfie at any angle. And won't be caught dead in a photo not looking her best
0: yeah don't share that shit on instagram girls Uh, tell me you can't identify with that yeah um we want to take the pictures we want to see the pictures send them in the group chat and then i'm going to tell you which one i like the best i'm a little less anal about that nowadays um because i tend to like not care as much if i'm going to post a picture of myself out of 10 i'm going to pick the best one i think yeah
1: you do and uh, i mean (laughs) (laughs) why is it funny because like again i don't i don't i feel like this is kind of like a a astrology for me right so i was never really big into Mm -hmm. astrology and once i started learning about it and you know what astrology represents and how those you know the um the zodiac signs they they tie in with the person's personality um it really started to like line up for me right Mm -hmm. so i feel like that this is kind of the same thing like it really kind of you know Hits the nail on the head mm. when it comes to describing a millennial. So it went on to say that she's a master of the side eye and can spot a basic guy or a basic girl from a mile away. Now, when when I say like that is you to a T, we've been in so many situations where like you're scoping things in a way where I don't even notice, you know, you there's stuff that's on your radar that I'm not even thinking about when we're like out in public places, or we're like talking to people, or we're so, you know we're in a group setting with people that we don't know. Um, you're pointing things out to me that I'm just like completely unaware of, and I think yeah. that just that just attests to like you know the way that you're you always looking around even though it doesn't look like you are.
0: Yeah, I'm very tuned in. It's all about the vibe for me.
1: Yeah, and lastly, she's independent as fuck. Did I say that right? No, she's independent as fuck. Yeah, I can't think of a better word to describe you.
0: Yeah, but I think that describes, like, the majority of millennial women.
1: Well, I listen, the one that I know the most is you. and yeah. So, I mean, if there are, a lot of them are like that, then, you know, hats off to them. Yeah, but think
0: them. about it. But you know a lot of millennial women. Like, literally all of my girlfriends are millennials.
1: Yeah, you're absolutely right. And they all, you know, they all do possess a lot of the same qualities. And, that, I mean, I guess that explains why you guys are, you know, such close friends. You know, you guys share a lot of similar qualities.
0: Well, we're not just friends because, I mean— Yes, we obviously have things in common, but what? Yeah, you
1: can relate to each other on those levels in many in many ways.
0: Correct, we can. Um, but I think some of the reasons why we have some of these similar qualities is because we are millennial women. We were raised in a way that has honed these things in us.
1: Yeah, I know. You gotta like. Mm-hmm. You gotta bear with me because, like, you know, you, you forget. I just, I, I, That's still hard for me to like to put those two, two, two and two together.
0: That's interesting to me that it's like kind of. I guess, difficult for you to wrap your head around because you were raised in a generation that has really kind of honed your taste. We talked about this before, but we're actually going to get into that in maybe like another episode, like how a man is, but go ahead.
1: No. So, yeah. So that that's, you know, those are the qualities that I found that primarily exist in a millennial woman, mm-hmm. which I just was blown away how accurate it was in describing you.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, Can I put this? I... I completely agree with <laughs> I completely agree with that description and I think it goes hand in hand like what we kind of got from chat. Why is chat. it so why is it so hard to say chat, chat GPT. GPT? Okay, yeah. thanks. But I think you also wanted to share with us some like tips and tools and advice of like how to oh, do yeah. like how to deal with potentially some of the downfalls of like what it is to be a millennial woman yeah. because I did say that because of how we function, there is a downside to who we are and how we go about doing things. So I would love if you shared some of that. Yeah,
1: stuff. I mean, so some of the some of the drawbacks of being a millennial woman is financial insecurity, hmm. um, and
0: because we all walking around with student loan debt.
1: Yeah, that and you know many women face insecurity because of student loan debt, high cost of living, and you put that together with the gender pay gap. And it really can be a tough time to be a millennial woman. Um, And so some of the ways to deal with that is to try developing a financial plan. This can include setting financial goals, identifying ways to reduce expenses, and finding ways to increase your income.
0: Yeah, so that means um, no more avocado toast and less Starbucks.
1: Yeah. And, you know, millennial women, quote unquote, have this like... I don't know. You see them... Like, a lot of them tend to, tend to you know, spend a lot of money, you know, always want to travel, mm-hmm. buying clothes, and, you know, always... So, that can also add to having financial insecurity if they're living that type of lifestyle, mm. and then you add the student loan debt, you, la- you add the gender pay gap, you know, and what you get is, like, you can get a situation that can be really messy, you know? There's a lot of people out there, not to just single out millennial women. There's a lot of people out there in fucked up situations, but... This right, this one in specific is something that currently millennial women are struggling with.
0: Yeah. As you were saying that, I think one of the things that I immediately thought about was the past generations of women, they fought hard for us to have financial freedom. And then we're over here putting ourselves in debt by fucking clothes and going mm-hmm. on trips. Um Because maybe a long time ago, women didn't have that luxury of just getting up and saying, I want to go here. I want to do this. I want to buy this. There was that dependency on a man's financial contribution to a woman's finances. And many women are not finding themselves in that position anymore.
1: So when it comes to student loans, you know, there are many ways to deal with that, you know. If you call up your federal student aid provider, they have income driven repayment plans that you can get on that can allow you to slowly pay that off or quickly pay that off over time.
0: Well, currently, President Biden has all of our loans um, pause. Yeah, on
1: pause, but pause means pause like the play button will be <laughs> <laughs> will be getting hit at some time and you're going to have to deal with the music that comes on uh, when that time comes. And so, you know, I myself was a pretty irresponsible person when it came to my student loans at the beginning. So Mm -hmm. I can identify with this and it's, that's what I eventually I ended up doing. You know, I ended up getting on a payment plan and, you know, paying these things off and just constantly chipping away at them over time so that um, I don't have that financial insecurity in the long run. You know, I'm able to get this thing out of my way. As far as the, the gender pay gap, one way to go about dealing with that is to, research companies that have proven track record for paying employees fairly. Mm. I think that many people and women in particular go about working at jobs, kind of like jumping around, just hoping that they land a job that's going to pay them fairly, not knowing that they can actually research companies that are, that their business model is tied around, you know, fairly paying wages across all genders.
0: I actually think that that is such a valuable thing to provide because honestly, I don't think I've ever looked into a job and said, "I wonder if they pay people fairly." I'm just hoping that I get paid That's it. a lot. W- w-
1: you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna come in at an entry level and kind of bust your ass and work your way up to the top and excuse me and hope that you know you land a you know a high paying job. But
0: yeah, because women are l- more likely to not negotiate salary. Yeah. Um, I myself had to really find my way in that world it took me a while to be very confident in negotiating salary because there was that fear of if i pushed a little too far then they would just go with another candidate Mm -hmm. and i've learned that if i'm really putting my best foot forward and i know that what i'm putting on the table is of worth real value because it was then what i'm looking to be paid is adequate yeah so if they reject me that's not looked bad upon me it's more of like the company's decision you know it's not like i'm not i don't have the, the criteria because i know that i do mm-hmm. so i had to be confident in that stance and i w- would like to say that uh you kind of have nothing but fear nothing to fear but fear itself because
1: yeah, that fuck when, you you,
0: up. when you do it a couple times you, you get a little battery in your back and mm-hmm. like oh okay I got that thirteen percent increase that I wanted, you know, um, because you know you, you. But don't go in there with not all your eight, you know, with not all your ducks in a row and expect to.
1: Yeah, no, you got to walk in there with your blades all sharpened up, ready to yeah. go. And there's, you know, you got to have your um your negotiation tactics. I think like one good tactic that I heard is asking if the salary is negotiable. It's a it's a really simplistic way of saying is do we have any wiggle room here. Mm rather than just accepting whatever they throw at you or feeling awkward about counter um, offering your salary, just asking in itself. Like, so they say, how much does the position pay? The position pays X, Y, Z. Okay, is um, is that negotiable? And that right then and there, you're going to know, like if they tell you, yes, it is, then, you know, there's wiggle room. If they say, no, it's no, it's not. Then you know that that's what it is. And there's no need to discuss any increase in salaries at that point. And you can decide, well, you know what? It's not for me or, you know, I'm going to take the job. Um, Another way of dealing with financial insecurity, if you really want to get fancy outside of the things that I just mentioned, is educate yourself on on finance and investing. Uh, This includes reading books, taking online courses, and working with a financial advisor to see how you can set yourself up for an advanced retirement program or maybe investing in stocks and things like that that can be a little bit complex. But that's what I would consider a Mm bolt-on once you um, get your you know, your student loans out of the way and, you know, you figure out a job that's equally paying and that, you know, you're getting a good salary. Once you got all these things buttoned up and you're really kind of like, you know, you got everything dialed in, you want to step it up a bit, start financial planning.
0: Yeah, because that's, it's actually, it's pretty difficult. It's not like as clear cut, you know, you say it, it sounds nice, but yeah, it is. That's why I kind of like, I left,
1: I put it on the end kind of as a bolt on because I didn't want to just not mention it. But I didn't want to actually suggest it as something that you should initially do when you're trying to wrap your head around being, you know, financial instability um, in this day and age.
0: Yeah. You don't want to stress yourself out because we obviously do a good job of that.
1: Yeah. And speaking of stressing yourself out, another drawback of being a, a female millennial is the pressure to have it all.
0: I said this. Yeah.
1: I think that a lot of women are in competition with each other trying to, like, you know, show that they got it all.
0: And we're in competition with one another in, in, in not real life, we'll see women on social media.
1: Yeah. There's a there's a social expectation for millennial women to have successful careers, maintain the perfect appearance, and to have a fulfilling life all at the same time. Like, damn. Yeah. You know, if, you, you know. If that doesn't describe having the world on your shoulders, like I don't know what does.
0: Yeah, because if I think about past generations, it was good enough if a woman was like a good housewife mm-hmm. and and was married and had a decent house. But now it's like you gotta have that plus a good job, be a good mother, still look good. Um, you have to have the whole kit and caboodle. And I can tell you that that's probably the one that identif- I identify with the hardest uh, because you do feel this almost like invisible social pressure to want to be successful in all of these realms. Yeah. And then what it does to you little by little, because you're, you're not even aware of it happening as it's happening, because it, it's like almost a slow progression. It chips away at like your overall happiness. And then you find yourself chasing something. And, you, and then one day, if, if you come out of the fog, what, what the fuck was I doing that whole time? Yeah. Yeah,
1: I, I totally agree with what you're saying. And one way to to deal with the pressures of having it all is to take a step back and define what does having it all actually really mean mm. instead of subscribing to the social experiment that's out there of, quote-unquote, what having it all is appeared to be. Mm. Once, once you're able to take a look at yourself and really accept that having everything that you need is one way of having it all, rather than having everything that everybody else has. Mm. you know, There's a difference between those two. And a lot of people get caught up in chasing things that other people have because they identify those things as success. Mm -hmm. And in comparison to looking at your life, identifying the things that you need, filling those things, and then realizing that you have it all. I had to go through something like that myself. And once I did that, my needs became a lot less than what they used to be.
0: I one thousand percent feel you on that i you and i have both done that i would say more i say more recently i want to say like in the last 10 years yeah we really took a we took a fine tooth comb to the way that we were assessing success and said what do we actually need to feel truly fulfilled versus looking successful
1: yeah i think that you know for myself it it boiled down to not needing anyone to acknowledge me for the things that I had, and rather me being able to look at my own life and pat myself on the back for the things that I had acquired and done based on fulfilling my needs. And once that 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 dynamic shifted for me, man, it just became like like a huge weight just lifted off of my shoulders. I, I had never I just no longer had this. I felt this obligation to go out and show up and, you know, do extra and, you know, impress this one, impress that one for to get that wow factor, you know, for people to look at me and be like, wow, look at. Oh, I got. Wow. Damn, bro. Look, you know, once I lost the need for that, life just became so much more simpler. Yeah. And I feel like that that could be very useful for a lot of these women that are out there, you know, hustling, feeling like they're doing everything that they can to try to attain it all.
0: And then internally killing themselves. Because yeah. yep. I was there.
1: And lastly, but not least, I think that this right here really is a tough pill to swallow when it comes to a drawback that millennial women have to deal with. And that's uh, having to decide between a career or being a stay-at-home mom. mm
0: yeah uh we are millennial women are actually the small we have the smallest percentage of or millennials in general have the smallest percentage of people being in a how could like i want to say relationship or living with a partner so there are many people that are single um there are many people many people that are millennials that are not married there are many people that are millennials that don't have children Whereas past generations, we have like a little bit of mixture. We only make up like, I think the statistics said about like 44% based on like average age of like past generations where they were like at the age that they were like having children, being married, having a house. Currently, only like out of all of millennials only 44 percent of us are doing that we're like the, the generation before us which was like gen x like 56 percent of them were doing that the generation before that was like 70 percent and like the generation before that was like 85 percent. so mm. with every generation we're moving towards that less and less because we're trying to like we're like do we want to have kids do we want to have a career and yeah. more women are pricking the career route um it's tough. It's um, I went through that personal struggle myself.
1: Yeah, I mean, millennial women are seen as um, being too career-focused and not interested in starting a family. And that has a lot to do with the social pressures that exist in, in, the, in the millennial society having it all and being independent. Mm. But I think it's important to take a step back and focus on what brings balance between the two. You know, there, um, there has to be a point where a woman has to take a step back and think about what her goals and her priorities are mm-hmm. right start there whatever those whatever that answer is that's going to be the step in the direction that you're going whether right now your your priorities are to work and to build a career for yourself then go with that you know don't feel the pressure of like oh i need to ditch my career because i need to have a kid you know it's mainly got to go with what's in your heart you know mm-hmm. this 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 drawback of being millennial Everybody needs to understand that there's no right answer to this. Yeah. It's really about what makes you feel best. And I think that that's the most important about part about dealing with this particular stress and this particular drawback is never to feel that oh I have to do this or I have to do that because we went through that, you yeah. know. And we we did what we felt right was for us. Mm-hmm. We didn't have our daughter I mean until 10 years into our relationship. Mhm. And it's just what felt right at the time, you know. People, I think it's important for people to hear this. We went through a large portion of our relationship with people telling us, "Hey, when are you guys gonna have a baby? Hey, when are you guys gonna have a baby? You're gonna have a baby soon? Are you gonna? I mean, it was literally every year as the well, years went it on. Well, first,
0: and it first started off with, "When are you guys gonna get married? Yeah,
1: when are you guys gonna get married? When are you gonna get married? And then, you know, that was no rush because you know we were we
0: it was we four
1: years, four years into our relationship before we got married. Five five yes well four years until i proposed five until we got married because i we we waited like almost a year uh we set our our wedding date like out and um, almost two years yeah it was like no rush and so um i think that was the best thing for us and looking back at it i don't regret any second of it
0: same and then i remember once we had our daughter people were like are you guys gonna have another one we were like what what like we were like Pumped a break, fam. We just had this one. Um, And obviously we decided not to have any more children after our daughter. I think you and I really looked at our life as a whole and said we enjoyed our time together as parents and as a couple. And we knew that if we brought another child into that equation, we would have less time for you and I together. And we didn't want that. We wanted to still have that closeness that we valued. But that was hard because I could have easily loved to have another child, but it was really about like what was better suited for us as a family and as a couple. Mm -hmm. And I think that can be really hard sometimes. Um, I know women in my circle that are balancing work and multiple children and they're, they're grinding themselves down and it's hard because you start off with this really successful career, but then you want to be a mother and now you're like in this rock and this hard place where you're trying to balance both and, um something's got to give.
1: Yeah, I I think that when you bite off a little bit more than you can chew, things get a little bit hard to process. And that was uh, I feel like a huge part of our of our journey was not going off and having another kid. Yeah. You know, we felt that you know, we were able to balance in a healthy way having one child and balancing the rest of our, our life with work and home. Mm. And it was for us it was the smart thing to do. And it eventually led into a space where you were able to find something that was flexible for you. Yeah. As far as being a stay at home mom. And, and working and working
0: yeah i feel truly fulfilled now it took some time to get here yeah so please don't take any of this advice as like yeah just drop everything and like go on this like uh you know epic soul-searching journey of what best suits you no it definitely is a journey but i think the one thing that we can take from this is that make yourself a priority and however that best fits you yeah you know um <coughs> excuse me but um, that actually kind of like brings us to the end. I kind of feel like we could keep talking about this. Yeah, it just always kind of happens when we get towards the end. I'm like, oh, shit, I feel like we could keep talking about this. But um, I feel like we, we consistently kind of revisit topics. So it's not to say that we won't ever talk about this again but i think next week we're actually going to kind of be talking about like the millennial man especially considering the fact that it said that millennial men are less stressed than millennial women what the fuck is that about i, I want to know more about that we'll
1: find out next week
0: because uh well you're not millennial so maybe that no. doesn't hold you because i'd be like evil be stressed the fuck out <laughs>
1: i do i do be stressed <laughs> the fuck out sometimes but it's because i you know i'm i'm guilty of, of biting off a lot more than i should be chewing on at times and uh, i do it to myself
0: yeah but i, I you know kind of keep you i try to keep you level yeah you do but um yeah i always have a good time talking to you and i will be 100 percent honest and say like right before we went to go film this mean evil had to peel ourselves off of the couch um today just seemed like the hardest day to get going but yeah. then we drank some coffee and it was just like <laughs> oh yeah um so i really enjoyed having this conversation with you absolutely always a pleasure i'm thankful for everybody that listens to us and watches us however you consume our content but until next friday ladies and gentlemen peace out
1: peace out